All right, Isaac. You're throwing down a fat beat like that during a Christmas carol. I don't know that I've ever heard it like that, but that was really good. I like it. I like it. Thank you, Rory. Thank you. If you have your Bibles, if you'll pull those out, I hope you, I hope you do. We continue in Luke. Today we, we go to Luke chapter 2. One of the things that uh, I'm going to start over here. <clears throat> One of the things that I started doing a long time ago as a result of um, something that I was given, and I'll share that with you in just a moment. Uh, I started collecting newspapers, magazines that uh, depicted days that our country will never forget. Uh, I have a few of them here with me today. I couldn't find some of the other ones. But maybe you'll remember this day. Challenger. 1986. February 10th was this magazine. I don't know the exact day of the day that this horrific event happened. I have Newsweek. Uh, we, we all remember that image of the space shuttle exploding. Do you remember where you were? Sitting in the, I was sitting in the student center at Hardin-Simmons University with a ton of students. And when we saw that, we had the same reaction you did. A day we'll never forget. Uh, I don't remember this day. Do you remember that day? The Washington Post, 1974. President Nixon resigns. A day, a, a time that our country will never forget. In a box somewhere, I have 9-11 Denver Post. But a long time ago, I was given this one. A day that our country will never forget. The, the date on this Fort Worth Star Press is December 7th, 1941. United States and Japan at war. Franklin Delano Roosevelt, what's his famous quote? It is a day that will live in infamy. These are just a few days. And by the way, this is probably a horrible way to keep this. If you have insight on how to better preserve this, I'd love to hear it. Uh, days that our country will never forget. I was uh, sharing with my parents where I was going with my introduction to today. 
Because you can tell, in Luke chapter 2, we're about to talk about a day that the world will never forget. Right? I mean, the day the, the Christ child was born. We're about to talk about the day that, that this world will never forget. So I thought I'll open it with days that our country will never forget. And, and I was going to ring this bell all the way through the, the message today. And I was, I was uh, talking with my parents and telling them about it. And I said, and all the way through, I'm going to talk about this day being a day that will go down in infamy. It will live in infamy. And my mom and dad were like, what? I said, this is a famous day, man. It'll be, it's a famous, that, famous day that will never be forgotten. They said, Joel, you, that's not what that word means. <laughs> it, it's not a positive thing. Infamy is, is a horrific, terrible, horrible event that we'll never forget. That's not what Luke chapter 2 is about. You got to come up with another word. So today is not, we're not looking at a passage that reminds us of a day of infamy, but a day of victory. A day of victory. And we're reading through Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. And if you have your Bibles, please, please turn there and stand with me if you're able as I read. Probably the most popular passage that families read on Christmas morning with their family. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. Next Sunday morning, Christmas Eve Sunday, I'll have a copy of this passage printed out on a piece of paper for you. Uh, if it's not a part of your tradition, let me encourage you to start that with your children. Just, just to bring them back to ground zero before the festivities of all the gifts begin. It's not a bad idea. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the end. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, "Fear not, for behold I bring good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly, I don't know if you can picture this or not. And suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those who 
he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, that, that must have been a pretty cool sight also, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see, see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Father, we ask this morning that uh, you would give us insight into your word about this day of victory, a day that the world will never forget. Lord, we thank you for this day. We pray that you would speak now. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we continue in our time together, I am going to call us to just a moment of silence and allow the word that you just heard to settle in, for you to set aside the things of the week that you open your heart asking God to come and have his way. Let's be silent for just a moment. As we look at our text today, there's a few things that I want you to keep in mind on your outline and your worship guide. You can see that I I pointed out three themes that that we're going to look at. We're going to see God's plan. We're going to see God's promise in this text. And then we're also going to see how how they, the, the praising of God, praises to God. In this passage, so keep your eyes peeled for that as we go through. But let's let's uh, go back and start in the beginning of this passage, looking at God's plan. The first theme that I want to point out in our text. If you look at verse six and seven, uh, you'll you'll see what I'm talking about. Uh, and while <clears throat> verse six, and while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. You know, uh, we're talking about God's plan for in this passage, but I also want you to consider God's plan for you. God's plan for your life. Do you realize that God has a plan for you? You might be here and haven't bought into this whole God thing. You're just here because somebody invited you. That's fine. And whether you believe it or not, I just got to tell you that God has a plan for your life. When we think about God's plan, we think about his care and his love and his guidance for us. So often, many of us go, God, what do you want me to do with my life? I'm here. I'm listening. I I know you want something from me, but I don't know what it is. What is your plan for me? 
And when we talk about his plan, I do want you to consider his timing in your life. It says in verse 6, and the time came. Well, there's another passage that I want you to consider, and it's Galatians chapter 4, and we'll continue with this, this timing thing. Look at, look at what it says in Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of, a, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. See, when we think of God's plan for our life, I need you to consider the timing. What's God doing in your life right now? What's happening right now in your life? When the time came, she gave birth to her firstborn. Now, I need you to understand and take notice of that word firstborn. It indicates that she had more children. Scripture easily backs that up. But I need you to understand firstborn because that needs to be clarified in the text because her firstborn was not of natural origin. It was of miraculous origin. God engulfed her and planted his seed in, in, in Mary. She conceived Christ through the Holy Spirit. God's timing in your life. It, it also mentions back up in the verse, first couple of verses of this passage. A couple of names are mentioned. It says Caesar Augustus. <clears throat> Caesar Augustus, uh, the emperor of Rome at the time. He followed Julius Caesar. You've heard of him in, in uh, Shakespeare's writings or history. Maybe you're a history buff. He, this guy follows Julius Caesar. He's his... He's, uh, a relative, it was in his will that Octavian was his name, would follow as the next Caesar. Well, there was some dispute. We remember our history. Brutus assassinated Julius Caesar. And so Octavian, who we see as Caesar Augustus, went to battle and he won. He became Caesar. Here we are. He was in charge of Rome in those days, setting the stage from about 27 B.C. to 14 A.D. was Caesar Augustus and his rule. It also mentions Quirinius, the uh, governor of Syria at the time. Caesar said, uh, put out a decree for, for the census to be taken. Well, Quirinius was assigned that region to kind of govern and oversee that and make sure that was going on. He made the book. When you see someone's name in Scripture, stop and take notice. I mean, he made the book. His, his name is in there. Now, during this time, they had to go back to their hometown to be registered. If, that were, if it were done the same way today, well, if we were to take a census, I would have to go to back to Grand Forks, North Dakota, to my hometown, my place of birth. Joseph had to take his family back to his place of birth to a little town known as Bethlehem. See, God had a plan for this day. God had a plan in their life, Joseph and Mary's life, and, and obviously the, the Christ child's life. And his timing was in play here. Things have been set up during those silence year, silent years, getting us ready for this day of victory. But not only was, was his timing in play, but the place was in play as well as a part of God's plan to go back to Bethlehem, to show up at the inn. Can, can you 
Can you see yourself, moms, can you see yourself walking from here? And I went on Google Maps, and I typed in Nazareth to Bethlehem. 70-ish miles, 70 miles, we'll just say that. So I, I, I stayed in Google Maps, 4343 South Flanders, and I took a guess, downtown Colorado Springs, 72 miles. All right, moms, nine months. Can you see yourself taking a walk? <laughs> 70, and guys, walking with them. Now, tradition holds when we usually see pictures of this, of them traveling. How do we see her traveling? On a donkey. Now, I, I, I haven't found it in Scripture. Maybe you'll find it. But, but tradition holds that she's on a donkey. But I think it's safe to say that she walked quite a bit from here to downtown Colorado Springs. Are you sure we have to go back there? Can we just skip this one? So they took a walk. God, see, God's not only was his timing in play, but his place was in play to go back to, to the, the city of David, where the king was from. But now the king was about to be born there. See, God, God's plan not only uh, is his timing in play in your life, what's going on in your life right now, but his place. Why does God have you here right now? What's God doing in you? What, what's his plan for you to be in Centennial, Aurora, Colorado right now? I know we have military families. We have people that are in and out that have moved here from other places. Uh, uh, let me just try a little survey. Do we have any... Any people that are born and raised in Colorado in the room? Okay, y'all just blew my illustration out of the water. Forget that one. Because you don't meet very many of them. In Colorado, it seems like everybody is from somewhere. Huh? <clears throat> they had to go back. God's place was involved as well. But God's way was involved in his plan too. I want you to see this. You, that, that night, they finally arrive. 72 miles, moms. <laughs> they get there. Her, her feet might have been a little swollen. Uh, possibly irritable. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I'm being serious. I mean, we think about Mary and this, oh. And I, she's just as real as you and I are. And, and I'm ready to get there. And they knock on the door, the innkeeper comes to the door, and oftentimes he's depicted as a horrible guy, and he's a bad guy. But folks, if he had a red neon sign in front of his hotel, what would it say? No vacancies. He didn't know who she was. He didn't know who Joseph was. We just have your rooms. I'm sorry, but we're, we're full. People are coming in from everywhere to register. We're full. I'm sorry. So what they do? They went around back to the barn and found a stable that had some hay and, and tried to make the best of it. And God's way was a part of his plan. 
That's not how they imagined things turning out. They probably imagined having a comfortable bed, a, a place in the inn, but that's not how it worked out. They ended up in the most of all humble places to be. Back in the barn, she birthed that child and placed him in a feeding trough. We know it as a manger. And Jesus lived his life, the rest of his life, in humble, in a humble manner. He didn't come and, and, and be born in, in a royal palace. He was born amongst common folks, where common people were. He is a king for common people like me and you. And his plan to love and care for you and to guide you, yes, that's part of his plan. His plan isn't to be distant from you. His plan is to be near you. This, this backs up and fulfills a prophecy that came out of Micah, chapter 5, verse 2. Look at what it says. The prophet, some 700 years earlier, wrote, But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me, one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient of days. See, the prophecies are coming together. Things are unfolding right before their eyes. God has a plan. He had a plan in, in the life of Jesus. You can see it all over this story. And he has a plan for you as well. Please don't walk away today without understanding that that applies to every person sitting in this room. God has a plan for you. To care for you. To love you. To guide you. To be near you. Second theme I want us to see in our passage today is, is the promises of God, God's promise. Now, I need you to climb into this story. Outside of town. We don't know how far outside of town, but they were outside of town. I need you to imagine country dark. Does anybody in the room know what country dark is? Where there's no light pollution. I mean, you're out in the middle of nowhere, and all, the only light there is is stars. There's no moonshine, and it doesn't say anything about that. But it's dark. And all of a sudden, maybe I got, in your mental picture, is there a little campfire going? In mine there is. It's not big, it's not a roaring bonfire, but a little campfire. Roasting marshmallows. And all of a sudden, these teenage boys that have never heard of what you and I know as a shower, Stinky, peasant, shepherd boys in front of them, boom, Gabriel stands. Now, I would like to see what you think their facial expression was in that moment. Ready? Go. Uh, uh, okay. I just scanned the room. Here's some of the faces I saw. I also saw this one. I imagine a bright light, don't you? I mean, it says the, the glory of God shone around him. And he says, don't, he, he, in fact, he says this every time he seems to show up. Don't be afraid. Yeah, I wonder why he has to say that. 
because they're afraid. He says, I bring good news to you that's for all people. Good news of great joy that's for all people. I need you to circle the word all. Now, I printed this on the back of your outline. Will you circle the word all? The angel says that he brings good news of great joy for all the people. That's gigantic for you and I to understand. It's not for some people. It's not for just the chiseled people like me. It's for all people. All people. Even those who wear Green Bay Packer jerseys. (laughs) University of Texas sweatshirts. I mean, it's for all people. If God can love a Raiders fan, he can love all people. And God does love all people. It sounds a lot like the Matthew 28. In fact, I, I, I looked at the original language here, and, and uh, it's very similar. Panta te lao, for all the people. In, in Matthew 28, where he says, go ye therefore unto all, what's the word? We, we say nations, it says nations, but the, the, the word is ethnos, ethnicities, panta te ethnos, very similar. It's important that you and I understand that God's love is for all people, all people. The angel says, I bring you good news of great joy for all people. All people. Now I want to slow down for just a moment in verse 11. Will you look at that with me? For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Three descriptive words of this baby. Let's take a look at these three words. The first one is Savior. The word simply means deliverer. He's a Savior. This this baby that you're going to go see in a minute, that I'm telling you about, I'm going to give you a sign in just a second, but I need to tell you about this kid. He's the Savior. Can I ask you a question? Is Is he your Savior? I mean, John the Baptist referred to him in in John chapter 1. Look, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's this baby that, that the angel's talking about. Has Jesus saved you from your sin? That's an important question for you to answer. And your answer might be yes. It might be no. And it might be that's just, that's an old fairy tale, and I don't believe any of this stuff, Joel. Okay. It's just your call. But the angel of God says, this is for all people. And it includes you. It, cl- it includes those who, who last night did things that they wish they would not have done. And they have a lot of regret. Who this last year, as they look back on 2017, they say, Joel, this is probably the worst year of my life. It's the most uh, sin-filled year of my life. I've been drifting. I've been... I've been doing stuff in secret that I, it's just, it's been a horrible year. And there's no way God's love could reach that far to me because, Joel, I'm in a place I never thought I'd be. And today I have to remind you that his love extends to you. 
God loves you. And this son, this one that the angel is talking about, he's described in this verse, three words. The first one is Savior. Has he saved you? Has he delivered you? Has he snatched you up, man, before death grabs you? Well, if he hasn't, today can be the day for you. You can call upon him as your Savior today. You admit that sin. This, this last year, Jesus, man, this has been horrible. Nobody knows about it, just me. But now I'm confessing it to you. Will you save me from my sin? Right, look, look at the next word. He says, for unto you is born in the city of David a Savior who is Christ, the anointed one. Now, now we... We live in a culture, we live in a society that says that there is an anointed many. That there are many ways to get to God. And I'm here to tell you that there's only one. There's one way to heaven. There's one way to God. And his name is Jesus Christ. In fact, later on in his life, he said, I am, you can say it with me, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The angel describes this child that they're about to go see. These shepherds that are sitting there, oh my goodness. Are you seeing what I'm seeing? He says, born to you on this day in the city of David is a Savior, the Christ. The Messiah, the, the anointed one, the one that you've been waiting on. Do you believe, let me ask you, do you believe that Jesus is the anointed one? Do you believe that he's the only way? Now, guys, that's an important question for all of us because there, there's a, there is a dividing line between world religions. Christianity being one of the, being the, 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 the religion that says there's, there's only one way. It's a narrow narrow, man. Jesus even said it. Man, many will find the way that leads to destruction. And few will find the way that leads to life. Do you believe that he is the anointed one? Look at the third descriptive word. And the word is Lord. Not only is he Savior, not only is he the anointed one, but he is also Lord. It is not a word that we use in our culture. When I think of just common folks using the word Lord, I think back to like the movie Braveheart, you know, back in that time over in England or somewhere where lords ruled over places. Supreme authority. My Lord, what shall you have me do? We could, we could put master, boss, but those don't carry the strength that this word carries in our lives. Let me ask you a question today. Today's passage is, like I said, is probably the most famous of, of those read on, on, on Christmas morning. This isn't a day that is to be remembered in infamy, but a day to be remembered for the victory that is found on this day, in this child. 
Is Jesus the supreme authority in your life? It's an important question. Is he the supreme authority in your life today? What shall you have me do today, my Lord? Who shall you have me talk to today, my Lord? What do you want to clean up inside of me today, my Lord? Is this child your Lord? This is a day that the world will never forget. It's a day of victory. I started thinking. There's a hymn. Anybody know the title I'm going to? I heard an old, old story. How a Savior came from glory. How he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. I heard about his groaning, how his precious blood's atoning. Then I repented of my sin and won the victory. I already got people singing in here. Hold on. Hold on. I heard about his healing. Anybody need healing today? Of his cleansing powers, his cleansing power revealing. How he made the lame to walk again and caused the blind to see. And then I cried, dear Jesus, come and heal my broken spirit. And somehow Jesus came and brought to me the victory. That's this child that we're talking about, man. It's a day the world will never forget, a day of victory. I heard about a mansion. He is built for me in glory. And I heard about the streets of gold beyond the crystal sea, about the angels singing and the old redemption story. And some sweet day, I'll sing up there the song of what? Victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, say it with me. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath that cleansing flood. See, this is a day that the world will never forget. I don't have the original Bethlehem News paper from that day. But I have this. Is he your supreme authority? Is Jesus your savior? Is he the anointed one of your life? Have you made him Lord of your life? If not, today is the day. Do you realize that part of God's plan has you here today? Those shepherds, man, have you ever thought about it? They didn't have a star to guide them. They had to go looking. Huh? They had to go looking. I wonder how many stables there are in a little town like that. How many stinky little barns that they have to walk through and go, no mangers here, no baby in a 
in a feeding trough wrapped in swaddling clothes. Let's keep going down the street. How many did they have to search through before they found the one where that child was? May I suggest that there are some Christians in this room today. You need to go find Jesus again. I'm not talking about get saved again. I'm just talking about your walk with the Lord. You stopped walking, man. You stopped searching and seeking him and and looking for him in your life every day. And I'm just saying, there might be someone in this room, in fact, in a crowd this size, I'm quite confident there's somebody that needs to go looking for Jesus again. I've stopped looking. Joel, my heart is numb. As we turn the corner to 2018, I want 2018 to be different. I'm going to start making a hunt for his presence in my life daily a part of 2018. I'm doing it, man. I'm determined. I'm going to find him every day. Scripture says, you seek me and you will find me. You knock and the door will be open. Is that you today? Do you need to keep looking? You need to go back searching for Jesus again. There might be some that have never sought after him ever in your life. And today's the day you need to get up and go look and find Jesus. Ask him to be your savior. Save you from your sin. Make him the anointed one of your life. Surrender. Throw up your hands and say, my Lord. My Lord, whatever you ask, I'll do it. You can do that today. Will you do it now? Kyle, can I ask you to come up here real quick? I, I just need you at this point. With your, you can probably do it a cappella if you just grab your microphone. They don't, they don't want me to lead them in that. Just can you sing, let's sing this together. All ye faithful, joyful. Father, we come in these moments and we ask that uh, we would do some self-inventory about you being our Savior. Lord, if there's someone here today that has never done that, I pray that in these moments, in their, their quiet little place where they are right now, that they would call upon you to be their deliverer, their Savior. We all know we have sin in our lives. 
Your word teaches us that. It says all have sinned and fallen short. But Lord, today for that person that has never called upon you to be Savior, that right now they would call, admit those sins, and say, will you save me? Will you deliver me from the punishment that I deserve? Father, for those that are here today that are trusting in so many things to keep them out of trouble, to keep them pointed in the right direction, that today would be the day that they remember, that they come back to a place of, no, you are my anointed one. One. Lord, especially those that need to come back and call you Lord and surrender. That today would be the day that they, they, they say, whatever you want from me, I'll do it. My Lord. But Father, I want to speak to you for just a moment to the Christians that are in the room, those that have already called upon you as Savior and Lord. And they've, they've just grown weary, they've grown cold, they've grown numb. And today is a day that they need to get up and go looking for you and to seek you. And I'm so thankful that they'll find you. But Lord, today's the day that they need to, they need to get back to seeking. So, Lord, in these next few moments of silence, I pray that you would speak straight to the heart of each person in this room. Church, let's be quiet for just a moment. Church, in a moment, we're going to stand and, and uh, sing together. Just like they did when they left, when they left that, that stable. When they returned, man, they were, can you imagine them walking back to the field where their sheep were? Praising God. Man, I hope that this week, as we approach Christmas Eve, yeah, this passage, a lot of people would say, should have been preached next week. Well, it got preached this week. I hope you'll spend the week considering God's plan. This plan that we see in Jesus and this whole narrative but his plan for you, his plan for your life. As we sing in just a moment,
I'd invite you, if, if you've made a decision, if you've called upon Jesus to be your Savior today for the first time, I'd love to celebrate that with you. Just, I'll be right over here, man. Come say, Joel, that was me. I did it. Today's my day. I've been trusting so many things, but today I trusted in Jesus to be my Savior and Lord. If today was a day, Christian, where you went, Joel, I kind of recommitted today to seeking after him every day. I've been drifting. Today's the day. I just want to let you know, Joel, I'm back in, man. I'm back in the game. I'm back to following my Jesus. I'd love to celebrate that. I'd love to pray over you. So when we stand and sing, man, if you've made a decision or you need prayer, I'd be glad to meet you right here and celebrate with you. Let's stand and sing.